Welcome to Everyday Wellness. Wellness is the result of the decisions that you make every day. It's your mindset and the thoughts you believe. Wellness is the food you put in your body and the relationship you have with yourself and others. Wellness is your work and meaning. Join us on Everyday Wellness as we explore ways that you can choose wellness today. Good morning. We are so excited to have Katerina Wilk with us this morning. She is a um, medical writer and author of Perimenopower, a book about the perimenopause period that spreads around the globe. Um, excitingly enough, we met over, I believe, Instagram, and we were really uh, delighted to have you on the podcast this morning. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really glad that you want me on the podcast. Yeah. So out of just out of curiosity, um, it was it through your own process of, um, you know, I always say aging in reverse that you became interested in perimenopause? Was it due to the fact yeah. that you had a, a really negative experience with perimenopause? What was the <laughs> impetus for the book? Uh, yeah, I, I actually had a really bad experience. I was mm-hmm. like 42, 43 years old when it started for me. And uh, as it began, I, I had like severe insomnia. And the problem was that when I went to the to the medical care, everyone wanted to uh, to make me believe that I was depressed and I was mm-hmm. burned out and they wanted to give me antidepressants and everything. And then... I'm a medical writer, so I, so when this happened to my body, I have like a very good knowledge of my own body. I know mm-hmm. when it's something going on. So uh, I started to to uh, realize that it wasn't only the insomnia. I had some panic attacks that I didn't have before, and I was like very sad and down. I had low mood. I had low libido, and mm-hmm. it just were so so many strange things. So I started to do the research by myself, and uh, after a while, I could see that no one is talking about the perimenopause. Everyone mm-hmm. is talking about the menopause. And I don't know how it is in the States, but here in Europe, everyone thinks that menopause is something that, that gets to you when you're around 50. So right. you don't realize that the symptoms you may have when you're 40 plus, that they also can can be related to the menopause that is coming. So I decided to, if I, as a medical writer, have these problems and I cannot straighten it out, how, how, how hard mustn't it be for for I mean, normal women that are not into medicine as I am. So yeah. I, I wanted to help. I thought I, I could do something good here. And um, yeah, I think a lot of women have read my book. I already get messages from Australia, from all over that, that, that it really has. You have to start talk about the perimenopause too, not right. the menopause. Well, and I think it's interesting that as a Western medicine trained provider, um, I, I did a whole TED talk about perimenopause. So it's something oh, I'm near and dear, yes. near and dear to my heart that no one had ever used that term. It wasn't I until I literally smacked into a wall and put on a bunch of weight and, yeah. you know, went from being like fit, toned, happy to all of a sudden just being exhausted and 
craving crazy foods and just not being my norm. And that was the impetus for trying to figure out what was going on. And I, I feel as if there's a a certain degree, and certainly here in the United States, and I I can't speak to, to other countries, but you know, there's a degree of ageism, you know, we're very interested in talking about women when they start menstruating, when, you know, they need contraception, when they want to get pregnant or not get pregnant, or, you know, infertility, Mm -hmm. the postpartum period, and then somehow once women are done having children, there's a lot less emphasis, focus, concern. And so I'm so glad that you, um, I'm sorry that you had that experience, but (laughs) I'm so glad that you wrote a book that will, you know, provide, you you know, for many women, um, the answers that they're really seeking and and start those conversations with their healthcare providers that need to be had. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I I just know from practicing clinically as a nurse practitioner in my 20s and 30s, and I would have women in their 40s coming in and describing the symptoms that you've alluded to and and ones that I've experienced as well. And I didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily listen as sympathetically as I probably could have largely because I didn't understand what this time period really represents. Um, But I think it's, it's important that there's more focus that there's more, you know, more opportunities for women to learn so that they can avoid or navigate this time period and not be so concerned about it. I don't know how it is in the US, but here in Europe, we have like this huge problem that the, the, the MDs, I mean, the health practitioners, they don't study this when they mm-hmm. go to medical school. They, they, when you go to gynecologist, she won't either know, she won't either know what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but, but I think that, that it's starting to change. I can see a big change going on in the UK. They are having like these big campaigns about this menopause um, period in women's life that is so important. But I think that the real, the huge problem is that it's not that we women don't know. It's that our health practitioners don't know. Mm-hmm. They want us yes. to feel like we are depressed. And <laughs> of course we are in a way. Because if yeah. you don't sleep, you mm-hmm. will get depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the problem that I really that I really thought was a huge problem was that everyone was trying to give me this amount of sleeping pills. And I Mm. refuse to take them. I don't want to put, like, drugs in my body in that way. So I I started to take, how do you say that in English? Melatonin. Melatonin, Mm -hmm. yes. And that helped me to cope with the situation. But, um, yeah, so I think it, it is a huge problem. And I think so many women have this problem i mean in sweden we are like one million women going Mm -hmm. through this stage right now and we have maybe i don't know how many but maybe 15 menopause specialists so we don't even have like like um, clinics where you can go and and speak to someone who knows who this what this is you just go to your to your gp and he looks like at you and like no, this is in your head. And I know that it's not in my head. Or it seems like they're trying to fit you into something, some category or some diagnosis that is more socially appropriate or well-known, like maybe like depression. Yes. And like burned out syndrome. That is a huge debate on this in Sweden. Everyone is burned out. And I think that 
a lot of women uh, getting the burnout diagnosis, maybe they should have their hormones tested because if we looked at it from the from the base, I mean, if you stand, if you stand, if you are hormonal balanced, I don't think you. I think you can cope with stress better. That's what I think. I, 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 I um. I, it was like that for me. When I had my hormones balanced, I was more, uh, more. how do you say, stress. Um, I could cope with more stress in a way. Which makes, and it makes sense. I mean, it, what starts to happen with, in our bodies as we're kind of transitioning into perimenopause is that we're not producing as much progesterone, which is in women yeah. is predominantly... Um, produced in the ovaries and then you know the the adrenal glands will start to pick up the slack so it's it's not at all surprising you know at the same time all of a sudden we have this relative estrogen dominance and women will get heavier periods and Mm -hmm. what I find is most of my patients are being offered ablations uh, hormonal contraception Um, you know, here in the United States, it's all about, but, you know, ablations, hysterectomies. Uh, and so I always remind them that, you know, perimenopause is a natural function of aging. It's just, how do we weather it? What can we do? And, and what I appreciate about, um, some of the things that you incorporate in your book are things that we can do that don't require medication, uh, or surgical intervention that can be beneficial. And I'd love for you to kind of touch on, you know, when you're when you when you were writing this book, what are some of the things that you feel are really non negotiables for women in this time period in terms of lifestyle changes and dietary changes that can really be helpful? Mighty Maca is a superfood drink mix full of 30 plus natural ingredients. And it was formulated by Dr. Anna Kabeca during her healing journey. Mighty Maca Plus ingredients, which include nourishing ingredients like organic maca powder, turmeric, quercetin, broccoli, parsley, trans resveratrol, pomegranate extract, and more, were carefully selected for immune support to sustain energy, provide mental clarity, and improve recovery. It also tastes delicious. It supports healthy detoxification and alkalinity in the body, balances hormones, fights free radicals, and neutralizes lactic acid, all while increasing your energy and vitality. It helps improve your digestion and reignites your libido. It's a powerful superfood drink mix that needs to be part of your daily routine. And Dr. Anna is offering my listeners 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. That's 10% off your first per that's 10% off your first purchase by using the link DrAnna.com slash Cynthia. It's delicious and nutritious. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data 
and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I have used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code E. WP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. I think that in in form of training, I mean, physical activity is a miracle that we we know that if we if we move, we we will prolong our lives. That is not you cannot discuss that. That's a fact. So I think, but the problem during this period is that you cannot go on like you did before. I felt that. Um, I was training very much. I was running. I was doing uh, strength training. I was doing uh, interval training. But I could feel during this period that my body was so stressed. Even when I trained, after when I trained, that I mean that um, condition. How do you say not conditioning? Um, car, uh, how do you say cardio training made my body stressed. So I felt that I have to calm down and the most important for me during this period was to find like calmer training forms like yoga has been a, has made a huge impact on my well-being. Restorative yoga was like my life my lifesaver during mm. this period because I my I could feel that my body had to come down from something. It was like my body was so stressed. So I think that um, low intensity training like yoga, mindfulness, Pilates, uh, those training forms is something you really should take up during this period, this period of time. Um, uh, regarding diet, uh, I'm not into diet like don't eat that or don't do it this uh, but I think that what I could really feel that when I um, started stopped eating meat like when I just became vegetarian I felt better because uh, studies say that that vegetarians have less um, hot flashes that you can see that that if you eat meat you will have more problems with hot flashes. So I think it's very good to go on. You don't have to be vegan. It's not what I say, but a vegetarian diet is very good. 
Um, quit sugar, that is really, really important. It was for me. I could feel, I mean, I could really feel that when I quit sugar, I felt so much better. Um, so sugar, no meat, and then, of course, alcohol and coffee. That is not, I mean... It, it doesn't work for me. If I drink too much coffee, I don't feel good. And if I drink too much alcohol, I will have the mm-hmm. worst hangover mm-hmm. ever. So you have to take care. I mean, you have to take really, really extra care of your body during this period of time. Katerina, I'm curious, did you make all of these changes at the same time? Or did you make some and that helped others to be easier to make? Um when it started when I was 42, 43, I gradually changed my lifestyle. And between 43 and 45, I could cope with adding, like first I stopped with sugar, then I stopped with coffee, and then I stopped training so hard. So it was like a timeline. It was during a couple of years. And then when I was 48 I I started with HRT and I described that in my book also so my book is like a timeline you can mm-hmm. have it from 40 plus until you're 50 plus that that was my um, yeah that's what I wanted you know and it's interesting because perimenopause can start in your late 30s so you know, know when I'm working with women I remind them that just because you're you know south of 40 doesn't mean that no. you know you're not already starting to undergo some of those physiologic changes in your body and and I think that you hit on some really important points uh, and, and so much of it is really bio individual I find that many women become intolerant to dairy and yeah. gluten and yes. grains yeah. and uh you know in addition to alcohol uh you know that the joke is that anything that dysregulates your blood sugar uh, and <laughs> alcohol is a big one yeah. you know caffeine can really put a strain on your body and and so for many women it's the battle within and i'm sure kelly can kind of you know talk more about this from her yes. practice the yeah. battle within you know the emotional attachment we have to some of these foods and how challenging that can be for yes. some people to, you know, remove them from their diets. But the caveat is, is that for many women, when they start changing their nutrition, all of a sudden, so many pieces start to make sense. And, yeah, right. you know, one thing that I think is really critical are, you know, carbohydrates, and it doesn't mean that carbohydrates are bad. You know, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of, you know, glow glycemic berries. I love a good like green tip banana every once in a while. Yeah. I like citrus fruits. <laughs> Um, or sweet potatoes or root vegetables, but recognizing that you just can't eat them in copious qualities. You know, I, I look at my husband who's a few years older than me and, um, you know, he seems, you know, he does intermittent fasting, which I do as well. But, you know, we talk about the fact that we just, we have to eat very differently, me especially at this point in our lives. And I don't look at that as a, um, as something that's a hardship. I look at that as I'm honoring my body where it is in time and place. And I don't miss some of those foods that don't make me feel good. Uh, and you know, Kelly, I'm, yeah, I'm curious, Kelly, when you're working with, you know, your patients and they have to, you know, make dietary changes, who are the people that tend to be most successful? 
Well, as you know, making any sort of change <laughs> is very complex. But I think what you both are talking about is this mindset shift that's really important. So it's when my clients are able to shift from this mindset of deprivation and things that they have to give up and focusing on those negative things to looking at the new kinds of foods they may be able to enjoy that perhaps they hadn't included in their diet and also how that makes them feel. Like you said, Cynthia, feeling better can be a huge motivator to keep going. And, you know, I also think as this idea of perimenopause becomes more widespread and accepted, there's sort of a sisterhood that's formed when people realize they're not going through this alone, or it's not all in their head, or it's not that they're crazy. And that can be very empowering for making change and then having that support of others and resources like your book, Katerina, to help them sustain those changes. Yes, I think that is really important, just the, the fact that you're not alone. I mean, just going to your medical practitioner that says to you that this is normal, this is something that every woman is going through, we will, we will help you or we believe you. I mean, just for them saying to us that they believe us, that is, I mean, that is a huge thing for your self-confidence, mm -hmm. that someone is listening to you. And that was also one of the things that I really wanted with my book, that women felt that we are all the same. Everyone mm -hmm. is going through this. And we can, we can help each other by sharing our stories um, all over the world. Everyone is going through this. And I think it's so critical, you know, if, if women live long enough, they will experience this. And there's a really interesting statistic that I oftentimes like to share mm -hmm. that in 1900, the average life expectancy in the United States was 47 years old. Yeah, I know. I know. And so now it's the 80s. And I, I explain to people that, you know, you can live 40% of your lifetime in perimenopause and beyond. So we need to do everything we can to, you know, provide great information so that women make this transition. And I find the people or the women that I speak to that transitioned from perimenopause into menopause rather uneventfully, they're much happier. You know, there are women that are really struggling, just miserable. They don't sleep. They've gained 30 pounds. Um, you know, their quality of life has really been negatively impacted. And it makes me so sad that that, you know, they may not have may not have had access to this information at an earlier stage, that might have had a huge impact on how they view themselves. I think, you know, the, the limiting beliefs that, you know, so many of us struggle with, you know, none of us are, are immune to them. Um, some people just kind of say, well, I'm I'm north of 40 years old. So, you know, I just assume this is going to be my new normal. Yeah. And trying to explain that that doesn't have to be the case. I think it's interesting that you say that that the the transition from perimenopause to the menopause is mm -hmm. is bad because I can see that in my research and I can I'm not I'm not fully into menopause yet but I'm soon there I'm 51 mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. but I can feel that I'm much I feel better now than I did when mm -hmm. I was 42 so yeah. I think that the rockier part of this of this transition phase in women's life is the perimenopause not yeah. the menopause and that Correct. is what that is where the discussion also has to change that mm -hmm. that the perimenopause is the rockier part of this yeah have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered 
armor colostrum. And the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armra's colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And armrest colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced, and it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water. And you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. 
Yeah, they call it the second puberty. There was a New York yeah, Times op-ad yeah. piece uh, talking about that. You know, I think Gwyneth Paltrow was the impetus for part of the discussion, but she was saying that, you know, they called the second puberty and, and much like, you know, how tumultuous things were as a teenager and, you know, not really understanding why, you know, your body was, uh, doing things the way that, that it was, it's, you know, the same way, except less well understood. Yeah. Yeah. We had actually this autumn when my book was released here in Sweden, we had this big, big menopause hype. It was all over. It was in the TV shows, in the magazines, on podcasts. So I think that the the uh, and in the UK it's happening also, and I can see that in other countries too. I mean, uh, I just found out that a Russian publishing house is actually buying the rights for my book. So oh, I think amazing. it's happening all over. Wow. So so yeah, this is it's great being on your podcast talking about it too. So thank you. Absolutely. No, and and that's the really neat thing about social media. It allows you to connect with, you know, women or, or men that you otherwise would not connect with. And if yeah. you have a shared uh, appreciation or shared interest, it's a great way to, uh, you know, certainly introduce our listeners to another person that's, that's, you know, championing yeah. this, this time in a woman's life, which, you know, because I'm in my 40s, I, I feel very fervently and very strongly that, there's not enough good information. I mean, I think it's changing, like you mentioned, and certainly, yes. um, you know, that the tides are shifting as women are demanding, mm. you know, more information. And I, I probably I'm laughing, I'm looking at my bookshelf as I'm as I'm speaking, <laughs> I probably have every book that's out there right now. So because, <laughs> yeah, because I, I just I kept saying, you know, there were missing opportunities with women. That's really mm. what this comes down to. Mm. Uh, and I, I think that's so unfortunate, because, you know, with the power of social media, with the power of, you know, having the opportunity to connect with people from all over the world, you know, it can really impact women's yes. perceptions yes. of themselves and, and, you know, the rest of their lives so significantly. I, I also think it really, questions. oh, sorry. Yes. Oh, I also think it really is powerful given that when many women go to their OBGYNs, they might not necessarily have this understanding or this information. So even though we tend to seek out a doctor for things related to our health, there are all of these other sources, these sources with very solid scientific backed information that are now available to empower women. I hear often from women that say that, hi, I'm 51. I'm already in menopause. Uh, I'm so, I'm so, so sad that your book wasn't here when I was going through it. And I feel, and I feel sad for this woman because they had to struggle. Like maybe I think that we, the conversation that is starting right now will help our daughters. And that is also my aim. I don't have any daughters. I only have sons. But I think for the girls that 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 are growing up now, it won't be the same when them when they hit this uh, this terrible phase mm-hmm. in life. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. We all share that we all have all boys too. Isn't that <laughs> the fun. all boy connection? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Cynthia, do you have any more questions for me? Or Well, we always like to end the podcast with asking our guests if they would like to share two pieces of information that can help support our listeners' uh, health and wellness journey. Um, I always say that the most important thing 
you have to think about is uh, gratefulness because just aging is you have to be grateful not everyone gets to age mm-hmm. so I think just being grateful for being here is also one thing that will help you through this period and then I think that knowledge is power which means that it's your decision if you want to go on HRT or if you don't want to uh, stop you, uh, change your diet or your training. It's your decision. So get so much information that you do the best decision for yourself. That is the best I can give. Oh, that's so valuable. And it, it's so true at this time of life and really throughout all periods of life too, that focus on gratitude is so important. Yeah. Well, we so thank you for spending part of your day with us and sharing your knowledge. Thank you. I'm so happy. Thank you so much that you put me on this. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find out more about Cynthia and her work at chtwellness.com. And you can find out more about Kelly and her work at everydaytherapist.com. In addition, if you have questions for us or topics you'd like us to address, please email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.